0: Well, as promised in Sunday's sermon, we're just going to take a few minutes to reflect on the last verses of Sunday's passage. Across chapters 2, 3, and the first bit of 4, James has weighed us, measured us, and found us wanting. And we realise that we have no hope for change in and of ourselves. And so then we come to these wonderful words in verse 6 but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. And that leads us into verse 7. If it is the proud who God opposes, what should we do? Verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. The cure for the pride that lies behind our earthly desires, which is what we've seen causes our fights and our quarrels, is to submit ourselves to God in humility, to say to God, you are right and I am wrong. And James outlines for us in these three quick pairs what that looks like. So let's quickly reread verses 7 to 10. And then think about each pair in turn. Verse seven. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So our first pair is there in verse seven. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So two parts. Resist the devil, and come near to God. Firstly, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If our approach to sin is just to give in when temptation comes, just to give up fighting, to say, I wish I was godlier, but it's too hard, or that's just the way I am. Then the devil has us exactly where he wants us. If we resist him, he will flee from us. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross he is a defeated enemy resist the devil and turn to god turn to god daily in our regular quiet time turn to god in his word turn to god in prayer but also turn to him throughout the day as we face trials and temptations take them to the lord in prayer come near to god Resist the devil, and both parts are necessary, not just one. It's easy to say, Yes, Lord, I want to turn to you, but do we want to turn our backs on the world? Do we want to submit to, to, to press down those earthly desires? Sin is appealing, otherwise, we wouldn't want to do it, but unless we do, unless we resist the devil. We can't come near to God. We must turn our backs on the world and turn to God. And as we do so, he will turn in love to us. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Secondly, continuing in verse 8. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts you double-minded. James says we need to get cleaned up. We need to make a deliberate decision to distance ourselves from every known sin in our lives, whatever it takes. Wash your hands is a familiar instruction right now, more often for 20 seconds with soap and water. But James says we need to wash our hands of sinful acts. Stop doing them, whatever they are and to purify our hearts. Think of purifying water. To purify water is to get rid of everything that contaminates it. In fact, thinking about uh, James's accusation that we are an adulterous people, contaminants, another word for that is adulterance. that which adulterates something which would otherwise be pure. Think of purifying water. Uh, you, you get rid of all adulterants until you have only water left. And so to purify our hearts is to stop being double-minded, to stop being spiritual adulterers, to stop flirting with the world and to be single-minded in our pursuit of God, to get really deeply cleaned up, to filter out our pride, humble ourselves, submit to God. To pray and mean it, Lord, please give me that wisdom from above. Help me not to be double-minded and help me to be single-minded, single-hearted, to be faithful to you and to you only. We aren't victims. We can have victory. We need an external cleansing of our behaviour and an internal cleansing of our hearts so that we are no longer double-minded no longer looking over our shoulder at the world wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double-minded and then the third and last pair verse nine grieve mourn and wail change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom change your laughter to mourning not crocodile tears Sad on Sunday, sad in the sermon, sad in our prayer time, but unchanged the rest of the time. But a deep heartfelt repentance. Now you may say, Change your joy to gloom, but isn't joy supposed to be a part of the Christian life? What about the parable Jesus told of the man who found a treasure in a field and in his joy goes and sells all that he have, all that he has in order to take hold? of that treasure or chapter 1 verse 2 in james's own letter consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds if james says there's joy in trials surely there's great joy in the christian life which is it well here's a quote i came across on that seeming contradiction it is a paradox that at the very moment when believers are on their knees bewailing their sin and overawed by God's majesty, that that is when they rejoice in God's love and grace most highly. The very lowliness of the soul increases its wonder at God's undeserved mercy and tender affection. And that makes sense, doesn't it? The greater the threat from which you have been saved, the greater your joy. So I, probably had Covid-19 back in March. Not definitely, but probably. And I'm quite glad that I got through it. And for me, it was an unpleasant three or four days. But take Fatima Bridal. She recently returned home after 141 days in hospital, almost the entirety of lockdown, fighting off Covid-19 as well as sepsis and pneumonia. Her lungs collapsed, putting her on a ventilator, and she spent 40 days in a coma. This is how she describes her suffering. I wished I was dead at one point. It was so scary and terrifying. I wanted to scream out, but I couldn't. My joy at having recovered, whether it was Covid-19 or late regular flu, my joy was fairly limited. I was glad to be up on my feet again, but that was about it. Fatima Bridal said this, I can't believe I've woken up from all of this. I feel I've been gifted a new life. When we realise how terrible our sin is, at that very moment of weeping and mourning and gloom, that is the very moment where the grace of God is most precious to us. Change your laughter to mourning, James says. Not that we shouldn't laugh, but that we should take our sin seriously. And as we do, the mercy and grace of God, the wonder of his forgiveness, the glory of the salvation we have in Christ will lead us to a purer and deeper and higher joy than any we would find in playing down or denying the depth of our sin. So it's not just that when we first become Christians, we were sorry for our sin and the consequences of our sin, but now we just roll along happily, we're fine. We should continue to grieve and mourn when we find double-mindedness in ourselves, when we find, when we see in us an adulterous unfaithfulness, to God. Wail, James says, weep. And so we've got to ask ourselves, when did we last cry over our sin? Cry for how we have been unfaithful to our faithful God when we have chased after worldly things instead of living for him? Do we feel broken-hearted for our idolatry for our worldliness and in all honesty I have cried over my sin in the past but I struggle to remember when was the last time. Are we taking our sin seriously as James says that we should change your laughter to mourning, change your joy to gloom? Well what about we take these verses into our prayer time This week, as we repent for our earthly desires, repent for our two-timing, adulterous hearts, repent for our double-mindedness, because, verse 10, if we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. Father God, may we do that. May we see our sin as you see it. May we mourn, wail and weep over our sin and then may we find great joy in your grace and as you lift us up and look forward to that final day of being lifted up and exalted with the Lord Jesus and all who have truly repented of their sins and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.